What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, Jordan Mackey, a.k.a. J-Mac, and Jordan Lopez. On today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, it is game week. The Broncos, it is officially hashtag beat Raiders all the way until Sunday evening. Um, I am super excited. The Broncos, obviously, Broncos football is back, ladies and gentlemen. The Broncos practiced this morning. Sean Payne had his, uh, pre- we just coming off his press conference, and um, it is a very exciting time to be not only you know a fan of the Broncos but a fan of football because literally just days away from the season opener uh, with the Chiefs and Lions and Thursday night football and then obviously Sunday we're gonna have plenty plenty of games to go over. I'm um, obviously watching NFL Red Zone again is gonna be a blast and then watching the Broncos and that at uh, 3:25 Mountain Time. But um, before I go ahead and go on even more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. J-Mac, Jordan, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm just glad football is back this week. I ain't really, I, I really don't have no complaints. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm so ready for Sunday. Yeah, it's game week. It's finally here after a great college football weekend. We Now we got NFL. Oh, great college football weekend. Yeah, now, now, now we're all in. Yeah, it's a great time to be a fan of football. Lots of, um, you know, headlines and everything. And then this week, obviously, Broncos begin their practices for the Raiders. And Sean Payton's already telling the media about how important this rivalry is. And uh, what a way to start off the season against a team that you lost six straight games. And if you can break that streak, that's a hell of a way to build momentum heading into the season because I feel like over the last few years, it's not been like as exciting as an opener, but this year we really have something to be excited about going into the, obviously last year against the Seahawks build up a lot of, you know, hype and everything and it didn't live up to the expectations. But this year I really do think it's a brand new, a uh, brand new team under a brand new co- um, coaching staff, legitimate coaching staff. So um, let's go ahead, drop straight into a great episode. We have lined up for you guys. Um, everything from players that we believe are going to have a big impact this Sunday against the Raiders and the biggest matchups that we have our eyes, uh, you know, uh, peeled out for uh, in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off um, with the number one player who I think is an underrated, you know, wide receiver going into this game with his matchup. I think that's wide receiver Marvin Mims Jr., who could be lining up in the slot or the outside, depending on Jerry Judy's status with his hamstring. He's looking like the only player actually on the injury report questionable for this week. Um, all the other players are on uh, IR. So um, depending on if Judy actually plays this week, um, which uh, I know, Jordan, you said in our live stream the other night that you do have some optimism that he could be playing. So that could make life even easier on Cortland Sutton and Mims. But I think Mims is a player to 
watch and could have a really big impact. I really do believe this. I wrote it in my article for Predominantly Orange this morning, and um, I think his matchup is very favorable. Um, I think what he was doing with his ball tracking ability, ability to stretch the field in that last preseason game against the Rams and his his uh, preseason debut, um, I think he's someone really to watch, and I think he's going to be uh, one of uh, Russ's favorite targets in the season opener, actually. I think he's going to get going a lot sooner than people think due to the injuries to uh, um, Patrick Hamler and um, Jalen Virgil. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that's a big reason why we drafted him. Sean Payton, they loved him, you know, in the draft, and we got him. We traded up to get him. I think that this this has to be a game where the Broncos have to come out and set the tone early about what type of team it is and that it's it's a new era in Denver. I think Marvin Mims can definitely do that, especially if Jerry Judy is out. If Jerry Judy does play, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the slot position. You know, if Jerry Judy does play, Mims is going to be in the slot a lot more. If he doesn't play, you may see him out wide. But um, I think overall, I think he's going to be a guy Broncos are going to go to a lot throughout the game. I mean, the Raiders secondary is one of their weaker spots in terms like yeah. as overall on their team. So I think the Broncos, you, you may see them throw the ball a lot more because I will give it to the Raiders. They they probably have one of the best defensive line groups in the league. I mean, Max Crosby, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones, they just drafted Tyree Wilson. I mean, they got some ballers over there on the defensive line. So I think this is a game where he's going to see the Broncos throw the ball a little bit more. And I think Marvin Mims, if we're going to win this game, somebody's got to step up, especially if Judy's out. And I think Marvin Mims can definitely be that guy. Yeah, Marvin Mims was one of my guys as well. I think uh, getting the ball to him in the flat, uh, it's going to be like a big yards after catch type of day for Marvin Mims. You know, getting like him on that. screens, getting him in the flats, getting him bubble screens, all that. I think uh, he can be very successful on that. And, uh, yeah, Marvin Mims, one of the guys to look out for, should have a big day against the Raiders too, against that secondary. Yeah, you talk you you and J Mac talking about that secondary. They have not made like much improvement at all in you know reshaping that unit this offseason. I mean, they lost Rocky uh, Rocky scene, and then they only added Marcus Peters super super late in free agency, and then through the draft they didn't do too much. So I mean, last year it's pretty, comparing it to last year, they pretty much have around the same unit, and they did move Nate Hobbs to slot, which could you know be more beneficial for them. But I'm just not really too high on Nate Hobbs at all, and I mean the film suggests exactly that. Um, I remember Raiders fans actually uh, claiming that he was better than Sertan at one point. It was wild. Um, but last year in 2022, the Raiders secondary allowed the fourth most passing yards over the entire season with 4,129. Um, I mean, that's if you put that into like, let's say a quarterback threw for 4,129 yards against your defense for 17 straight games, that's really, really bad. Um, I mean, I mean, quarterback throwing for that much yards is impressive. So, And they also allowed the sixth most passing touchdowns in the NFL at 25. So, and if you look at their PFF rankings, they're the 29th worst uh, secondary last year. I mean, they just have a really, really bad secondary. I always talk about when I'm, you know, thinking about the Raiders, their secondary is the first weakness that always comes to my mind. And yeah. um, I think the Broncos, like J Max hit it on the, uh, hit the nail on the head. I think if they're going to win this game, um, I think it's going to be Russell Wilson exposing their, uh, their corners and safeties, actually. Yeah. I mean, and you brought up Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is a great ball. He's, to me, a great ball hawk corner. But in terms of coverage skills, he's not really that great. I mean, yeah. I feel like that that's a – you hit it right on the money. Their secondary is it's really not that good. I mean, Trayvon Morig is probably the guy that's going to stand out. But moving Nate Hobbs in a slot isn't going to fix everything. You still got to have another outside corner, which is probably going to either be – I don't even know it's going to be David Long. It's probably going to be Brandon um, – I don't know how to say his last name. I don't want to say it wrong. Brandon – uh, Facey son or something like that. I think he's gonna probably be their other outside corner. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that, but I think for the Broncos to win this game, you gotta really throw the football. 
because if you try to run it, I give the Raiders credit, man. They stacked up the defensive line. The linebacking court isn't the linebacking court isn't great, but like when you have a good a, a pretty decent defensive line with great players, you just might want to throw the ball, get the ball out as quick as possible, and just tear up the secondary. And what I'm more comfortable about with the whole secondary with the Raiders, I think now with Sean Payne as the head coach, he's going to scheme up some uh, some drives and some plays that really expose that secondary. So I think uh, also like this is like another like type matchup you can also look for. Sean Payne just scheming up our receivers to get open, especially like Marvin Mims and uh, and our receiving core. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, another receiver that I want to talk about, I think will have a big impact um, come someday. I think that's obviously the starting receiver, um, assuming that uh, Jerry Judy isn't able to make the game, which is obviously still up in the air. But I think Sun's going to get a lot of targets this game. I think Marvin Mims will get some love, but I think uh, Cortland Sutton will as well. Um, I think he's someone definitely to watch. I think he'll have a, a, a big showing. Um, and he obviously, like we mentioned with Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters is not a good cornerback. He's aging. Uh, skill, talent uh, level is just getting worse by the year. Um, and, I, and I think that's who's going to be lined up against Cortland Sutton. I mean, they don't have any other cornerback um, one that could really line up with Sutton and get as physical with him. So I think that's going to be uh, someone that maybe uh, Russ looks towards maybe on his first read right away is looking to Sutton and uh, Marcus Peters in that matchup. Yeah, I mean, Sutton was kind of his go-to receiver for majority of last season. It didn't equate mm-hmm. to a lot of winning, but, I mean, that was the guy. That was Russell Wilson's guy until him and Judy really started clicking. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think if, if Judy, especially if Judy plays, Sutton's going to have the weaker corner on him. And I feel like that's the matchup that Sean Payton and Russell is going to want to exploit pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Sutton has the big game. Yeah, Sutton, I, I believe, actually will have uh, over 100 yards uh, come Sunday. I think he's a, a real big X fact in the game. Uh, I don't believe in the Raiders secondary at all, as we just spoke about. But yeah, the Cortland Sutton's in for a big game, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, I want to go over uh, two defensive linemen real quick that I think will have uh, big impacts as well. Um, we talked about the offensive side of the ball, but defensive side of the ball, the Raiders' O-line, it does have its strengths, but it also does have its weaknesses. And um, I'm going with defensive tackle DJ Jones. I like his I like his matchup. Um, I think he uh, he's going to be a huge um, reason why we're able to uh, – I know Josh Jacobs, obviously, this is going to be his his uh, first game after that, that contract dispute and everything, and he's an incredible running back. And Sean Payton has spoke highly about him uh, throughout the course of the offseason, you know, them being together on podcasts and everything. And um, I, I really I really do think DJ Jones coming back from that a concussion in preseason, he's going to be ready to play his best football. And we paid him that big th- three-year, $30 million deal for a reason, and that's because he specializes in the run game. And I think he, uh, he'll be a, one of the main reasons that we're able to, like, somewhat contain Josh Jacobs in this game. Um, I think I still think Josh Jacobs top three back in the league, so it's always going to be hard to contain him. But I think uh, DJ Jones will be, uh, you know, wrecking havoc in the interior, in my opinion, this Sunday. Yeah, for me, um, I think DJ Jones and Mike Purcell are going to be huge because me and you talked about it before. Josh Jacobs, hate to say it, but he's the Bronco killer. That guy always has a career day, always breaks his record numbers against us. Every every single game he plays, he gets better. Um, I think those two and definitely the linebackers, Singleton and uh, Jules, Drew Sanders, whoever they're going to have in rotation, those are going to be huge because Josh Jacobs, he he has our number. I give it to him. But I think definitely if, if we find a way to shut down the run game or somewhat contain the run game, I feel like that's that's how we win this game. Like, I think that's probably the biggest key to this game is to stopping Josh Jacobs because Jimmy G isn't really going to beat us. The guy who's going to beat no. us is Josh Jacobs. So, Yeah, in terms of, like, the most important player uh, uh, come Sunday is going to be DJ Jones. 
just stopping the run and containing Josh yeah. Jacobs 100%. So, yeah, DJ Jones also one of those guys that really needs to step it up and have a big game on Sunday along that defensive line. Yeah, and I think another guy we, we got to watch is uh, Randy Gregory. I mean, I, I know he has a really tough matchup with Colton Miller. A lot of people uh, consider him a top 10 tackle in the NFL, and a lot of the numbers do suggest that. And um, that's going to be a huge matchup for him. But honestly, he may be a top 10 tackle in the NFL, but Randy Gregory plays – he always plays his best ball at the beginning of the season. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but he has had his fair share of injury concerns. But the be- the beginning of the season, he's always comes to play the aggression, attacking the line of scrimmage attacking um you know the edge uh, i think he's a really good football player and um obviously the concern with him is his health but he always seems to you know deal with those uh you know injuries and stuff after around the first four to six games um and you know i hate to talk about injuries and all that but i think Randy gregory always plays his best football the first four weeks of the season and um i think uh i mean Colt Miller may be a top 10 tackle, but Randy Gregory plays like a top 10 edge rusher. Uh, he played like a top 10 edge rusher uh, in, those, in some of those first few games of the year. I mean, that game against the Niners, he, man, he was just wrecking havoc with their their O-line. And the Niners have arguably the best uh, line in the league. So um, that's something to watch. I think Randy Gregory could shock a lot of people and maybe get a few sacks in the season opener. Yeah, I think definitely when he's healthy and like you said, beginning of the season. I mean, last year, I think he forced like two fumbles. No, I remember he forced a fumble early. He was wrecking havoc in the Seahawks game. And I think he went down and I think the 49ers game he played to, he was just he was all over the field. I think definitely when he's healthy, you can make an argument that he's possibly top 10. Um, Just when he's healthy in general, I think he just the impact he has in a run game, too. I mean, he's a great pass rusher, but I think that's really his strongest skill set to me is just attacking the run game. It's. It's kind of ridiculous, but I think Colton Miller, I think it'll be a great matchup. I don't think Randy Gregory is just going to straight up dominate. I think it's going to be kind of be maybe 60, 40, 50, 50 kind of game. You're going to see glimpses from both of them. Um, But I think the other side of the line is kind of where I think the Broncos can win. I think it may be in the interior and kind of the the, um, right side of the line. I think they can win. Yeah. The thing with Randy Gregory is that he's at his best when he's healthy. So right now he's healthy. He needs to make an impact week one against the Raiders. And I know it's a good matchup for him between him and Colton Miller. But again, when he's healthy, he's uh, one of the best uh, pass rushers in the league, in my opinion. He's just so he's so good and talented. So, yeah, Randy Gregory needs to make an impact right now that he's healthy. Question real quick. Didn't, wasn't last year, did, didn't they have him lining up on the other side? Like, wasn't he going up against right tackles? That's a Perfect intro because I was right about to bring up this point. So Randy Gregory's uh primarily a strong side linebacker. So that yeah. means he's lining up at the left tackle, which would be Colton Miller. But Evero did switch him and the other uh yeah. him and Bradley Chubb a lot. Like it wasn't just like a yeah, I'm gonna be focused on this guy the whole game. Kind of like okay. how we saw Vaughn Miller, where Vaughn Miller is just like on one side all the time. We we're seeing a lot of like different switching, and I think um Van Joseph will bring that a lot from what um you know the Christian Parker and Marcus Dixon that continuity with the zero Evero last year so that's why I, i'm picking randy gregory as a high impact player because i don't think van joseph is going to have him line yeah, up with Colton Mills the entire game he's going to utilize all his assets in his pass rush you're even you're going to even see nick benito in there a little bit you're going to see frank clark in there a little bit that division rivalry i'm sure they're going to benefit from frank clark's uh you know uh experience against the raiders uh with the chiefs so um that's kind of why i picked him i think it's going to be a rotational thing but i don't i honestly think that randy gregory will get the best of uh Colt miller a little bit in this game I think, but I think it will be like a, a 50 50, 60 40, 40 thing like J Max talking about. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you you saw it a lot last year. They they kind of switched. And that's why I asked. I was like, I can't remember. I couldn't remember what exactly side they had him on. But I remember he was more on the right tackle side. But like you said, they just kind of switched it out. They just kind of rotated him, moved one guy one one guy here, one guy there. Um, most likely that's going to happen again. So I don't see Vance Joseph really changing that up too much. And I'm curious to see if uh, – I do remember clearly last season on certain third down situations they did have – uh, both Ed, Ed Rushers together on the same side, causing some confusion along the offensive line. I do remember some. That's uh, awesome. Rushers, uh, getting to the, I, I remember vividly it was uh, Gregory and uh, Baron Browning at one point on the same side, uh, Gregory and Bradley Chubb when he was in Denver still. And I remember they got a ton of pressure on the same side. So it is going to be interesting how that works, uh, especially with Vance now in Denver. But I hope yeah. that's something they do continue this year because it really does cause a lot of confusion uh, along the offensive line. I miss Evero so much. Those packages were insane. And, oh, man, I, I, Carolina got to go, though, man. I mean, we, we talked a lot about it on the show. But I think Vance Joseph, if he can at least bring continuity and, you know, I'm sure they watched all the film from last year in Evero's defense. And um, if they can just bring that continuity, um, carry that momentum for what the defense did last year schematically from that standpoint, I think they can translate that a lot of that success. And I still I, – I said earlier uh, this year on the show that I still think this defense is going to be top ten. I think that Vance Joseph will still be highly regarded as a defensive coordinator in the NFL because of the success our uh, defense has. Um, but, man, I would, lo- I would love to see a lot of that. Just imagine being Colt Miller and you have Randy Gregory and Jonathan Cooper line up right, uh, right across from you. Like, that's got to be a scary sight. You're definitely having a guard. Uh, you're definitely tapping your guard like, yeah, I, I'm going to need a little help on this rep. But, um yeah, I th- that's a those two uh, edge rushers. I'm I'm hoping to see a lot from you know that strong side, weak side, and you know they're, they're going to be switching a lot in the game. But I'm I'm really high on Randy Gregory this week. But J Mac, who are some of your uh, players that you think will have a, a big impact uh, to the Broncos uh, winning this Sunday? I think for for me to start it off, when you brought up Alex Singleton, I think Singleton's a guy that, to me, in my opinion, he's one of the better like rushing linebackers in the league that makes sense like in the run game he's one of the more quicker linebackers he shoots through the gap easily you try to run outside he's shooting straight through it doesn't matter who's the lead blocker is shooting straight through and getting the tackle I think I think he's a guy that everybody's got to look out for because if he can get after if he can get through those gaps and he can stuff the run for Jacobs that's gonna force Jimmy G to beat us and I think we all know how that's gonna go I mean I don't think Jimmy G I don't I don't have the best confidence in him beating us straight up with his arm um the second guy I have is Greg Dulcich. Now, I will say this. If Jerry Judy doesn't play, um, it's going to be Corlin Sutton, Marvin Mims, and Brandon Johnson. And I think Russell Wilson is more comfortable with Greg Dulcich than Marvin Mims and Brandon Johnson at this point. I know that Mar- Brandon Johnson's played with him a year, but I think Greg Dulcich is going to be his number two guy. And I think if you don't see Judy, you're going to see a lot of that. He's going to have a lot of matchups, depending on where Sean Payne lines him up, whether that's the slot or the inside. And I think I think Dulcich, man, he can, he's just going to ball out. So with Greg Dulcich, it is going to be interesting to see how Sean Payton utilizes that Joker-type role that he talked about with Dulcich, especially yeah. if Jerry Judy's out. So this offense may be uh, something that's going to be looking a lot. I mean, we're not going to see this. We haven't seen this in a while. That's what I'm trying to say. We haven't seen this in a while with the offense, especially that we're looking forward to. So, yeah, Greg Dulcich is going to be uh, an interesting guy to look out for. Alex Singleton, obviously one of our pillars on the defense, uh, one of our best defense players last year. He was like the third-graded uh, best defense on uh, according to PFF on our defense. So Alex Singleton also going to be big in stopping Josh Jacobs and uh, containing that run. 
Yeah, the Bash brothers at linebacker, uh, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton is going to be huge. And I think, yes, J-Mac was in the nail on the head. I mean, he's a high-pursuit, higher-motor player. Like, he's always around the ball, flying around the field. We talk a lot about that with Drew Sanders, but um, I think uh, Alex Singleton and him uh, and Drew Sanders are both, like, equivalent in the way that they, you know, pursue the running back and quarterback. I think they do that really well, and they can stick in coverage, too. That's that's really, really helpful. And Singleton, the improvement he made from his time in Philly to last year in Denver is just remarkable. He deserves a lot of credit for what he did. And he des- deserves every last penny of that three-year $18 million contract. And um, Greg Dulcich, I mean, can't help but say he's easily one of the sexiest tight ends in the league. I mean, just look at the guy. He um, what, what he does in the <laughs> what he does in the receiving game, he, he's an absolute uh he's an absolute monster, man. He um <laughs> I was not but, expecting that. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't picture you would. Um, but no, I, on a real note, uh, well, he he fits the scheme to the team, man. He's literally like a, a much younger, you know, Jimmy Graham. And I think we heard a lot of that this offseason. And uh, Jordan's talked a lot about, you know, Sean Payne's comments of him being a Joker type player. Um, so I think he, he's going to be a big factor in this game. I just think we're going to beat them with our wide receivers. That's kind of my opinion on it. But I, that's not to say that Greg Dulcich will just immediately have this big jump he has. And I remember we did our episode uh, predicting offensive player stats, and you had like some really high numbers for him, uh, J-Mac. So I'm not surprised that you're uh, putting him as when you're a bit, uh, high-impact players this week. Yeah, um, another point I want to bring up, though, for the offense is I think you're going to see a lot of what kind of what you saw in the preseason, like a lot of screens. But I think it's going to be more to like the tight ends this game. Like, I mean, well, you saw a lot of that kind of in the preseason, Sean Payton, just Dulcich and Troutman. And I think you're going to see a lot of that because you're going to have to get the ball out quick. Um, mm-hmm. Whether whether if it's not just screens, just a lot of short passes, get the ball out quick, because I don't think if, I don't think Russ is going to have all the time in the world to throw the ball. Especially even less time in this game because when you're going against Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and I don't know how the rookie looks yet, but still, that's talent. So I think Sean Payne's got to go in there. You got to get the ball out quick because if Russell's on to it, and you are, we all know how that's going to turn out. And uh, to cap off the uh, players to watch for this game, my pick is uh, Brandon Johnson. If you've heard previous episodes, I've always been talking about Brandon Johnson, the impact that he can have on this offense, and especially if Jerry Judy is not going to be playing uh, on Sunday. Brandon Johnson is one to look out for. I think he's a a special wide receiver. He has all the intangibles to be a great wide receiver, and I think under Sean Payton, he would become one. So Brandon Johnson is one to look out for, especially versus a weak secondary against the Raiders. Yeah, the Broncos, they didn't sign him straight out of uh, free agency, but Tim Patrick, uh, they found a UDFA gem. Could, could Brandon Jan- Johnson be the next Broncos uh, UDFA uh, gem wide receiver that can, you know, be a franchise guy for them? And um, he, uh, I know he's had his fair share of, you know, uh, injuries with his ankle, and I'm sure he'll bounce back from that. Those ankle injuries are tough, man. They really are. Uh, you know, once you're a role, you know, I, I can't remember exactly how he hurt that uh, ankle, but, you know, once you do get through those ankle injuries, they kind of, you know, tend to nag. Uh, throughout the first few years that they you did uh, suffer them, but I'm um, I'm confident he can bounce back from them, be a special player, and um, I'm really excited to see can he be our next you know gem uh, wide receiver um, as a rookie undrafted free agent. Um, I'm really excited to see what we can do this season opener. Um, I think Mims, uh, Sutton, and Johnson. I know we're not carrying a lot of wide receivers. A lot of people are you know concerned about it, but. Um, and then we talk, and it's kind of interesting because J Mac's talking about how we we're not really too sure with their defensive line that we could beat them through the run game. But with the amount of wide receivers we're carrying, it's almost like Sean Payton is making it super like concrete, like proof and evidence that he wants to run the football early and often. So, like, 
with four wide receivers, do you guys really think that they're really just going to focus on beating him through the air? Or do you guys think we're just going to straight up like dominate them to, uh, up in the trenches? Cause it's really hard to like decide between, I really could see them going either way, but I mean, the roster tells you that they're going to run the football a lot. Yeah, I think closer to game day, you're going to see a few guys get elevated and it's going to kind of balance out. Um, I just think Sean Payton, they're still trying to figure out what other receivers they want to bring on the roster, especially if Judy's out. You're going to have to bring up wide receivers then, especially. Um, but I think it's kind of a bluff. I mean, I think throughout the season, we're going to be a run first team. I'm not going to, I'm still agree with that. I just think mm -hmm. this week is kind of tough because you got injuries to the wide receiver court. There's not many on the roster. Um, at the moment, but I just think that's a bluff. I think eventually he's going to put more receivers on the roster, and I think we're going to come out there and throw the ball more than people think. I think we're still going to run the ball a lot. I just think you got to attack the secondary. That's their weak spot. If you run the ball a lot, that could look keep playing their favor because, I mean, you got that talent. Those guys can blow that up. So I think right now I, I think I think it could be a bluff, man. That's just me. I do think no matter what on game day, I expect uh, little Jordan Humphrey to get elevated to the, yeah. the 53 and, and uh, dress up for game day. But I do think Greg Dosage will be playing out wide more in this game, like more of like a Travis Kelsey type uh, on the outside. So I know we're not carrying a lot of receivers, but I do see Dosage, especially against the Raiders, playing a little bit more outside yeah. and creating those different packages that may be a bit confusing personnel-wise for the Raiders. Yeah, and I agree with you, J-Mac, in the sense that this wide receiver core that they're carrying right now is kind of like a bluff. I feel like they're uh, we're already hearing about like the Falcons being in the, the trade market for wide receiver, and I think the Broncos secretly are. I think you could see a trade, um, you know, I know it's game week, but you could probably see a trade maybe after this week or before. I, I don't. It's probably unlikely that they make a trade this week. Probably for any uh, NFL team, you'll probably see it after the first few games. But they could be in the market for any receivers. Um, they could be looking at other free agents, and they could maybe just be more confident in Philip Dorsett and um, David Sills than maybe other people are. Um, I know little Jordan Humphrey though is a lock to be promoted to the roster, but at some point, it's like there is a rule that you can only promote your, your uh, practice squad players three times before you have to decide that you're going to either cut them from the practice squad or just promote them to the active roster in general. And it's like, do they want to just promote uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey three times and then make him put him on the roster? Is that kind of their plan? Cause like, why would you just not have him on the roster in the first place? I guess they're dedicating that spot for a different position due to the, like players on the IR and whatnot. But um, it is kind of interesting, but I do think this, uh, the amount of wide receivers is kind of like a bluff. I think they're looking to add more players and um, there's still is options out there. I still would not be opposed at all to bringing in a Sammy Watkins and serving as like your wide receiver four at most. Yeah. I don't – I mean, I think the little Jordan Humphrey situation, I think there is going to come a point in time where he's just going to end up making the team. Um, mm. I don't know who's going to be the one to go, but I, I think eventually you may see Nate Atkins get bumped down or you, you may see – it's going to be a little tweak here and there. You see maybe um, they release somebody like Tremont Smith or one of those back-end DB guys that's not going to see much playing time. But um, I think eventually little Jordan Humphrey is going to be promoted. But I agree. I think he, he's going to be promoted before the game i think most definitely especially right now but um before you go i was gonna say i agree i don't i don't the broncos aren't, aren't gonna make a trade until maybe like i don't see them making a trade at like after this game or definitely this week but i think they're definitely gonna make a trade at some point throughout the season to get another weapon because guys are gonna want out situations aren't gonna work and you're gonna see guys hit the trade block pretty yeah. early so I would say if the Broncos do start off hot, maybe like three and zero, three and one, or something like that, 
Uh, I can expect to be monitoring that situation in Tampa Bay. I'm trying to get Mike Evans out of there. So yeah. we already heard some rumors about Ooh. that. So I would be interested in that. That would be interesting. I know uh, that he would obviously fit that prototype of Sean Payton's, uh, you know, receiver in the offense. And um, while Cortland Sutton is expected to serve in that uh, Michael Thomas role, we could definitely use another big body receiver who yep. is very, very uh, reliable. So, um, well, in most case scenarios, uh, you know, minus that wide open drop from Tom Brady uh, last year downfield. But um, so let's go ahead and go over players that we believe um, – or matchups to watch in this game. Uh, some big time matchups that we uh, obviously the number one is uh, PSU versus Devonte Adams. Who a lot of people that's you're going to have a lot of NFL fans that if their favorite team plays at the noon the noon um, you know time slot that they're going to be watching the Broncos and Raiders afterwards just for this PS2 and Devonte Adams matchup. The last we saw Devonte Adams was, con- was saying he's not here he's not there yet after that OT win um 19 to 16 in Denver and that one that one was a heartbreaker and um this is going to be the first matchup since then so I think there's going to be a, a lot of anticipation for this one obviously a lot of people talk about the uh the Broncos Jets game but there's a lot of drama between um you know their wide receiver one and our cornerback one he kind of disrespected PS2 a little bit in that game so I'm looking to see PS2 shut him down man I'm I'm really looking, for, looking forward to this matchup and I think a lot of you guys should probably have your eyes on those two uh when you're when the defense is on the field yeah I don't think it was a kind of disrespect he disrespected him I think he Devonte. it was a weird season for him last year obviously he was in his feelings about a lot of stuff you see him pushing down the cameraman and all that he was very unhappy last year so I don't try to take it too personally especially after the first game you you can watch the film and show PS2 locked him up in the first game for a guy mm-hmm. like Devonte. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a big matchup. I think they're going to try to give the ball to Devonte in a lot of sh- like short game instead of kind of the deep ball and the comeback routes. I don't think you're going to see too much of those. I think it's going to be, they're going to give him the ball. It's going to be a lot of, you're going to see a lot of uh, stick routes, a lot of quick slants. I don't think they're going to try to, because I'm t- Jimmy G's not going to beat us with his arm. I don't believe in Jimmy G's arm talent that much. I think they're going to try to give the ball to Devonte. You're going to see a lot of screens, like a lot of quick throws to him to get him, just to give him the ball and let him work with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think he, he he's gonna get catches, he's gonna get yards, but I don't think in terms of him one on one versus PS two is he gonna get a lot. So So yeah, round one, you know, went to PS two when they uh played in uh, Las Vegas. Round two went to Devontae, and now we got round three. I mean, it, it is gonna be a uh an interesting match. I mean, those are always two fun guys to watch on the field whenever they're playing, especially when they're playing against each other. I don't know, it's gonna be interesting. I I do know that Devontae may not have the chemistry with Jimmy G yet, like how he did with Derek Carr last year. So that may be mm-hmm. a, a major factor with uh, that matchup. So I expect uh, PS2 to get the best of uh, best of Adams uh, week one. I like yeah. it. Um, the next guy I want to talk about is uh, outside linebacker Jonathan Cooper against right tackle Jermaine Illuminor. I know we already talked a little bit about Cooper and um, him moving over from weak side to strong side with Randy Gregory kind of switching up a little bit. And it won't be just a one-on-one thing, but I think Cooper, like J-Mac mentioned, this is one of the more favorable matchups. And this is what could um, you know, cause Jimmy G a lot of uh, pressure to his blind side. Um, or not his uh, blind side, excuse me. Um, but at least a lot of pressure um, to his right side. Uh, during this uh, season opener. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Cooper, we talked about him a lot this offseason. I mean, just the jumps he took, and now he's got him a starting role. It's kind of it's crazy because nobody had him making the team. Uh, I mean, not making the team. I'm sorry, being in that starting role. Um, but I think, yeah, this this is a matchup where I think the Broncos can easily win and exploit it. I think their right tackle is one of the 
definitely one of the weakest links on the team. I don't want to say he's just a bad player. I don't want to do that. But um, I think definitely is one of the weaker links on offense. I think the Broncos can easily exploit it. I think Jonathan Cooper, Frank Clark, just the rotation of the guys Nick Benito they have, I think they can charge him a lot. But I think Jonathan Cooper versus him one-on-one, I'm taking Jay Coop all day. And I definitely has going to create a problem. Uh, but I'm, I kind of see the Raiders maybe getting the ball out quicker because they know the Broncos' pass rush is going to be coming. But if Jimmy G holds the ball in too long, Jonathan Cooper, Randy Gregory, one of those guys is getting home. Yeah. Yeah, I do think Jonathan Cooper will exploit that. My only problem is I do think they're going to uh, chip the uh, edge rushers a lot uh, this game, just help out yeah. Jimmy G yeah. a bit more, let him get comfortable as the game goes on. So that's the only thing that worries me, just that chipping the those edge guys. But, yeah, if there is just none of that and it's just one-on-one, maybe – a little reps like that. I think Jonathan Cooper will take advantage of that all day. I don't know if you remember J Mac, but Illuminor was actually one of the players that I was, you know, advocating yeah. for the Broncos to get in free agency. But I was advocating for him to be our swing tackle. Let mm-hmm. a, you know, now I'm surprised to see that they're his, he's their starting right tackle. So yeah. I wasn't that. I wasn't as high on him as uh, Pierce, Josh McDaniels, and uh, Dave Ziegler Ziegler are. Yeah, yeah. You you wanted him to kind of be in the Cam Fleming role. Yeah, like swing yeah. tackle. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting that I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how he does over the course. So this will be his first season actually starting all year as a right tackle, but he has had his injury injury concerns. So I don't know, man, uh, the, the, the right side of that, that line is not looking too great for them. So I think, uh, yeah, Jordan said it best. We're going to probably, you know, uh, exploit those matchups, but, um, who last minute, uh, you know, uh, players and matchups that you guys want to see in this, in this game. Yeah, um, I have two. I'm gonna get one real quick. I think the um, the most important one to me throughout this whole game is gonna be McGlinchey versus uh, Max Crosby. Yeah. Now, this guy's our big pay right tackle, and we're going. He's going to be one of the best in the game. I definitely see. I, I definitely want to see how he does. I can't remember what Crosby did to him in the 49ers Raiders game. I couldn't pull it up. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. I think Crosby had a decent game on him. Um, but I think this game is going to be huge. He's going to be huge because preseason, the right tackle with him not there, it just it wasn't it, whoever we kind of threw in there. I think that's going to be huge because Russ has to have time to throw the ball, and especially in the run game because you don't want to just run to the left side in the middle of the whole game. You got to be able to run to each side, and I think McGlinchey is, is going to be key. Yeah, McGlinchey being, our, like you said, our top dog as uh, the right tackle, being paid all that money. He needs to show it now against one of the best uh, pass rushers. If McGlinchey does have a great game, I think the offense will be in a great spot uh, week one against the Raiders. So Mike McGlinchey, Garrett Bowles even, those two tackles have a good game. We're, we'll be uh, sitting pretty for a, a week one W. The, then my, my second matchup is going to be – now this one is kind of tough like because you don't know who's going to really play. It was going to be uh, Judy slash Sutton versus Marcus Peters. I think that's a matchup that I'm definitely looking out for because – if Judy lines up against Peters, it's going to be barbecue chicken all day. You got to give him at least, at minimum, seven to eight targets. Seven to eight targets. Sutton goes against them. The same thing. Whoever Marcus Peters is lined up against, he's going to try to run that drop back zone. They're not going man coverage. So that that's even easier because he's not a, he's not a man corner. You're never going to see Marcus Peters playing just any good receiver in man coverage. So if he's going to run zone, barbecue chicken all day. Run quick slants, comeback routes. All I just say, Russ, don't 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 test him too crazy because he's a great ball hawk. But coverage skills, man, better go ask Julian Edelman what he did to him in the Super Bowl. Barbecue chicken. Well, I would say if Judy does not play, I think Corlin Sutton should get at least a minimum of ten targets uh, this game. I just don't believe in that secondary, especially him. 
So yeah, if that's the matchup right there, Sun and Marcus, I mean, I think Sun would take advantage of that. And again, minimum of 10, 10 targets does sound uh, reasonable uh, for that matchup. Yeah, and then um, I think uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up. Uh, Jordan, do you want you have any other matchups that you wanted uh, to talk about? Well, my my last matchup would just be Hunter Renfro versus Isang, uh, Isang Bassi. Uh, Sang Bassi had a lot of hype during this preseason, playing good, and uh, now he has to prove it against one of the best. Uh, re- I would say he's one of the best slot receivers in the game. Hunter Renfro is really a smart guy, possession type receiver. So now, uh, time to prove it, especially with K1 Williams out which would have that role. Uh, Isang Bassi does need to have a good game for this defense to succeed. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, imagine the uh, the headlines if Isang Bassi actually locks up uh, Hunter Renfro in this one. I mean, ahead, we've had our concerns with him, but yep. if he if he locks up Renfro, I'll be so much more confident in him. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't want to say – I think it's going to be kind of a mixed game. I think – I don't know if they're going to go to Hunter Renfro a lot. I mean, obviously, if yeah. they, Josh McDaniels reads the report, he's going to see that the slot – our starting slot corner is injured. Um, if I don't know. Just one-on-one, I think Renfro can abuse him just a little bit. Um, but I don't know, man. I, that 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 is one matchup I'm very nervous about. It just yeah. depends on how the Raiders run it, man. If the Raiders go out there just throwing the ball on us – they're they're going after a saying Bassey eighty percent of the time because Mathis and Sertan they'll they'll test them. You got Devontae Jacoby out there, but I mean Hunter Renfro's man. He, he he's every quarterback's kind of fate. He's every quarterback's dream. Quick slot receiver, quick and out of his releases, quick off the line, reliable, very reliable, good hands. I mean, I hope a saying Bassey's ready, man, because if he ever has to go up against a one on one. That's most likely going to be Garoppolo's read. So, but I have faith in him. You got to have faith in him. So, hopefully, he has a good game. Yeah, and uh, I like it. Those are some great matchups. I think uh, the most, the most probably the most, the ones that are going to be watched the most are uh, McGlinchey versus Crosby and uh, PS2 versus Adams. Those ones are going to be yeah. high. Uh, imp- you know, those are going to have high implications to, uh, to the result of the game. And um, while uh, there is a lot of uh, different opinions about how this game will go, there's only time will tell. A lot of players to watch on both sides of the ball, and I'm I'm really excited for this uh, Sunday. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button as always. That helps us out greatly. And then I uh, appreciate everyone that listened. And then make sure you guys are subbing uh, to the channel as well. Subscribe. Uh, help us get to 2K subs. And then if you're listening on YouTube, or excuse me, uh, um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, uh, hit the follow button. Leave a five-star rating. Turn, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Uh, make sure you guys are always following us on all of our socials. Link in description. Um, at Broncos Avenue on Instagram. JMX Sports on Instagram. Um, and then find Jordan at Jordan T. Lopez on Twitter and Instagram as well. Find all of our socials. Um, appreciate all the support as always. Um, but until the next episode, I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan. To the next one, peace out, everybody. Peace.